Welcome to Get Off the Mic, a hockey podcast by hockey nerds for hockey nerds. Brought to you by the writers from GetOffTheIce.com. Welcome to Get Off the Mic. I'm your host, Mac, and with me is Keith, Paul, and Aaron. This is a weird morning, but we got a lot to get to, so I'm not even going to bother giving them an intro. So let's just get right on into it, gentlemen. The draft happened. Besides them taking all of our time, Keith, what was the most interesting thing to you? Uh, the Sens choosing to diversify with Sanderson instead of any of the other possibly elite forwards out there like Perfetti or uh, oh, who's the one who dropped back? I'm, I'm blanking on the name. That hurts me. It hurts me you didn't remember Marco Rossi. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Marco Rossi <laughs> being the name. I, I knew I was, I was toying with you a little bit. You hurt my feelings. In case anybody needed clarification on who tweeted from our Twitter account about what do you mean? Rossi, it's our it's our social media person. What do you What are you talking about? <laughs> we don't have one of those. <laughs> How dare you? They, that person. What do you mean? We don't have a We don't have a budget. Exactly. But that means we also can't not have a bud have the budget if we don't have a budget. We're already off the rails. <laughs> yeah. So I was pretty surprised by the Sanderson pick. I didn't mind that uh, Dorian kind of looked to his the kind of sub. Sens organization, the University of North Dakota, and all of his prospects there to get a feel for Sanderson. I don't. I mean, I really liked Rossi. I liked. Uh, I guess Raymond was off the board. Holtz, I think, was a better pick. Same with Perfetti and all that. I, I get the defenseman thing, but I don't know. I think at five you should have gone best player available, but it's not like say. it's a bad pick either. Yeah, within the top, I think like twelve of this draft, it was pretty hard to have like a. A bad pick. There were just better picks, and I think that was some uh, a place where that could have happened. Another place where that could have happened is taking the guy over the actual guy, and who I'm referring to is Buffalo taking Jack Quinn, whose many goals this year were more a product of Marco Rossi than they were, I would argue, of Jack Quinn himself. Not to say he's going to be a bad player or anything, but maybe that means he'll be good with Eichel. But they skipped on Marco Rossi. I very much like this kid, if you guys didn't notice. Jack Quinn to Buffalo. I thought that was really weird. That was very weird. Yeah, but like, was, it's kind of... Is, is anybody surprised that Buffalo is the one to do that? Nope. If there was a team to do it, it would be Buffalo. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they also got Nylander, who they thought would be like their top goal scorer in a couple of years. And then they were like, oh, okay, let's just go and get another one. Try it out again. Eighth pick again. Do it all over. Were they both eight picks? Yep. Yeah. Uh, but, like, they did end up moving him for Yoki Haru, which I think was actually... I think that probably benefits Buffalo a little more than it did Chicago, but... I mean, well, I it fills a need, because Buffalo didn't already have uh, at least <laughs> 20 or 30 about oh. a little above-average defenseman. Thank Christ. Whew! Yeah, then Rossi fell to nine to Minnesota. If I was Bill Guerin, like, no time goes off my five minute clock. I, I just I just answer. Well, if you were any of these GMs, no time goes off your clock for any pick after five. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Perfetti at ten, another big drop. Aaron, I think you were quite happy with Perfetti at ten. I thought Perfetti was going five to Ottawa, so I was like every pick. Oh, I guess Perfetti's going here. Oh, I guess Perfetti's going here. Except for the Ottawa, uh, except sorry, except for the Anaheim pick, where I thought it'd be a defenseman for sure. But every pick after I was in Brooklyn, even Ottawa five, I was like, oh, Perfetti, Perfetti. Oh, no, no. Yeah, that, that, that was me with Rossi. 
Yeah, but I think Shifley and Hemmer are going to be perfect together. One two punch, both. Then Shifley's the right hand, uh, Perfetti's the left. Kind of similar playing styles, but I don't know. I really like it. Me too. Good cool. Man. Cool. Well, the draft sucked for the most part, eh? It was way too long. Like, I have even no th- idea how it took so long. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Can we just talk about one thing really quick? I was going to say. So before we get into that, is there any like actual like draft hockey things that we want to talk about before we get on the production? Well, it was about kind of the draft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, 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 go. Well, like, I just want to say, you should know who you're picking. and Like, you don't need five minutes. Everybody has a list. How is it that the Leafs managed to use they were trying five to trade. minutes? No, no, sure, sure, sure. They are trying to trade. But then can we just talk about Morgan Riley in the background? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It was so awkward. It was great. It was so awkward. And he didn't, like, like what happened? It was just like, they weren't certain the pick was going to happen. They're standing there like, Kyle, you coming? Oh, oh no, we're doing it. Okay, we'll announce it. Oh, okay, we got this Russian kid we don't know. Oh, okay, here's the jersey. And they got like Mitch's little smile at the end. Like, yeah. Such All right, a we're child. Sure. So we're going full production here. On a number of occasions, the camera like for the draft pick announcement waited way too long. Like for the Anaheim picks, it looked like this weird purge scene. And this guy's standing there creepily with the guys in the masks behind him. And it's like, it's been like, like 30 minutes and he's still standing there smiling. It's just so odd. And, and yeah, the, like Aaron said, Mitch standing up there <laughs> announces the pick. Another 10 seconds it goes by. So he smiles. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it, there was going to be hiccups doing it all virtually, but I feel like that it, that it was very unnecessary just to keep it on a guy's face who you know isn't gonna say anything like cut isn't that part of the production well so i think the the issue that they were facing was trying to get the loop to go from uh the guy who's announcing it to whatever cameras in the house of whatever prospect was drafted but they obviously were having issues with that i like i don't know i like seeing the family reactions but at times i don't know are they so necessary because like i think they'd just be cooler for the family if like if you don't have a bunch of weird hockey people watching you yeah and like that one guy who just hit his head on a chandelier now that's all across national television like yeah like i why can't we just do an interview with the prospect after why like we don't need to see into all their homes and like i'm sorry lafreniere is so painfully boring and I'm sure he's probably not that boring, but they probably knew it was coming. But he's sitting. They they look like like a family who's like, like gonna, gonna murder you collectively. Oh my god! They definitely look like the family from Get Out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I didn't want to say it, but you said it. But that's exactly what I was referring Jesus. to. And I'm sure they're super nice, but like it's just it puts the families in such awkward positions because like then we see into such intimate moments and i think it's so weird yeah like, uh, and it's and but like it's also super cool like with ozzy weisblatt the last pick with that was cool but like at the same time i wish i had just known that they had appreciated it as opposed to actually seen into it because like again i still like it's still super cool to see but i don't know it's their private freaking moment let's just talk to them after i will say quentin byfield looked phenomenal sure we're hockey athlete yeah oh my god had to plug get it. that plug in there get that plug no, no, no. In. we're not sponsored by anyone we don't we don't yeah get sure to sponsor us yeah what what are you doing aaron doing my job. no free no, you aren't we're a, we're a great hockey opportunity hold on, hold on, hold on. i just want to ask one question uh-oh keith, no. keith what was the budget 
the budget? Yeah. yeah. What do you mean? We aren't. We. Hold on. No, 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 I'm asking. With, in I'm a sponsorship, Keith. the person pays asking, for the other. We no, don't. We're not paying for this. Hold on. Hold on. I'm asking Keith. Keith, what, what's the, what's the budget here? We got no budget, Aaron. Uh, and how much? How much have you been paid? I I got paid nothing. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah, I'm about the same. I think Sherwood's okay. already already done more. So wow. I mean, so, yeah, but you knew this when you signed on. I did sign on before Sherwood, though. So right. I want to I want to raise Mac. I want two apples <laughs> every Sunday. Oh, and Darren's removed from the call. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after these messages. All right, I'd like to welcome back uh, both our listeners and Aaron. Um, <laughs> Keith, I believe you had uh, something to polish off this draft talk. I just wanted to throw in a comment about how much I hate fan reactions on picks past the first round. Like, um, every single time someone like Haley Salvian or any of the other athletic team writers reported a pick and gave like a brief overview of who this player could possibly be, their strengths, weaknesses, whatever. You see all these armchair GMs jumping in the comments being like, oh, how did they pass up on this guy or this guy? It's like, what about this guy? They're not addressing their needs. It's like, you're only going off some ranking that you read 10 minutes before the draft started compared to a scouting staff that has been looking at these prospects for months, doing the best they can in a pandemic. I'm going to trust that they made the right decision and know way more about this player than I ever will. So I just hated seeing all those comments saying like, oh, they messed up this pick in the third round. It's like, we have no idea. I take that personally. You should. That was direct. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Wait, Agree. So, so I, I have a more follow-up question. Okay. Jakir Mutam Mudahalan. Do you yes. think that was a good pick? Like, followed by Igor Chinakov. I mean, like, the first round's a different case because, like, there's a lot more film and, like, resources available on these players put out by these people who have been researching the draft throughout. And it's sort of concerning when you see a consensus player outside the top 100 get picked in the first round. You can make comments on that. But it's just all these like second and third, fourth round picks that players or fans get mad about is what irks me. Okay, okay, that's fair. Yeah, it's, I don't think Keith is referring to the cases where when they throw back to the broadcast, they say, I actually don't have notes on this guy. And it's the <laughs> first round. <laughs> that's, a th- that's a tough look for you, Columbus. I absolutely agree, Keith. But with that, I'm going to throw it right back to you because Ottawa picked up Matt Murray for a second-round pick and a guy who was a fourth-round pick at some point. Great value. And then I think we should also, with this conversation, talk about the contract that they subsequently signed him to of four years, $6.25 million. For starters, Keith, is it encouraging to see your GM pay for something? Or your, sorry, not GM, your owner pay for something. Oh, it's a very good sign to see him actually deal out money to a player. And the contract itself was backloaded. So that was just confusing based on everything we've seen from Melnick recently. But also just an encouraging sign. Oh, certainly. Now, actually, down to the trade. And we'll start with Keith, but obviously I want everyone's opinion. What's your, you know belief of uh murray's fit in ottawa you know they're kind of still rebuilding they obviously got these great young pieces murray's coming off two pretty underwhelming years but he's also a guy who won two stanley cups as a starting goaltender before his rookie season ended that's pretty nuts right Keith? yeah no i think he's gonna fit in great with ottawa he's still only 26 and he's got 
you could argue he's got a chip on his shoulder with this down season and kind of being forced out of Pittsburgh unceremoniously. I think he's uh, looking to prove himself, and Ottawa's a great place to do it for him. Aaron, why was Edmonton the better spot, and why do you hate him for going to Ottawa? I don't honestly. I don't. I don't hate him for going to Ottawa. I know. I just wanted to gaslight you. Uh, hey, I, I told you guys in the chat yesterday. I was completely fine with them bringing back Mike Smith, but about the Murray trade last, I, I'd say with Murray, it's it's like you said, he had two underwhelming seasons. Ottawa's a rebuilding team, so there's no real pressure on the guy to stand on his head and carry the team. Does uh, does it matter a year or two from now when? Hopefully they're ready to just bring up everybody and go for it. Like, yeah, and hopefully you have that time to get back to the Stanley Cup contending goal that he was. But do I think there's other teams that could, would have paid more? Probably, but it doesn't really make I don't think anybody was willing to give him the extension that he wanted. So nobody's willing to just kind of take him on for nothing. All agree, disagree, good spot. No, I think, yeah, I think Aaron brought up a really good point of they probably could have fetched more in the trade return had he gone somewhere else, but I think that was it. It was the extension that people were scared about. If you're a contending team or in the midst of it with what the cap is at, a lot of these teams are strapped for cash. Um, There's internal caps teams are looking at, so it just didn't make sense to give him anything north of five, which I'm sure is why Edmonton and Toronto were all out. But Ottawa had the cap. They used it. I think it's a good sign. And someone posted a picture of him like an edit of him in a in his sense stuff and it just it looks right sometimes when players get moved it takes a while to kind of adjust to it but it looks good which i know means literally nothing but i think he'll be a good fit there all's all about those arbitrary and subjective aesthetics yeah love you buddy all right another uh, canadian team made a pretty big trade and then another big contract ty not ty domi wow max domi (laughs) Moves from Montreal to Columbus in exchange, or along with a third-round pick, sorry, in exchange for Josh Anderson. They both subsequently signed deals. Domi gets a two-year 5.3 AAV from Columbus. Anderson gets a lot. What's what's the actual contract for him? Is it 6.5 by 7? No, it's seven years by 7.5 per year. It's not 7.5. No, No, seven seven years at 5.5, sorry. Yeah, yeah. 5.5. That's what I meant. Uh, all right, Aaron, Mr. Expert, what do you think of the trade? I mean, obviously, Montreal overpaid in both asset value asset value and uh, contract, but I don't think they overpaid in dollars. I think they overpaid in years in term. I think the 5.5 for Anderson, if he can play like the typical Anderson we're used to, is good. It's very, why wouldn't Montreal do that? For what they gave up, I mean, Domi obviously wasn't coming back, and you might as well flip his rights for something, so... It was to me how I I see it is realistically it was trading away a guy who wasn't coming back anyway or didn't want to come back and a pick which you had way too many of anyways to get the guy you wanted that the market was in demand for and could have gone for a lot on if he if he somehow got qualified so you might as well get the guy you want I think it's just the term for me that's more than anything especially with his injuries recently Paul good trade bad trade good contract Uh, contract? none of the above wow. Again, Aaron nailed all the points I was going to say. I think the terms way, the money is way too high for that long of a contract. If it was a short term, kind of like what Domi did, I could see it making more sense. But it right now, seven years for a guy who's had a couple not so good injuries. It's a lot of money. It's a good fit, I think. 
Like, I think Josh Anderson will be good in Montreal's system. He brings something that I think they're trying to build more of. They have an identity of having one of the best goaltenders in the league, but that's not going to save you. So I think they're trying to build more of a, kind of like what Dubas said, they want to be tougher to play against. And I think that's what Montreal is going off of. So I think it's a good fit. I just think they overpaid way too much money. They overpaid to get them. And like Aaron said, just because, but just because you have an abundance of draft picks, you should be looking at moving some to better your team. But I don't think you just use them to throw away in trades. Like I think Bergevin has done that twice now. First with Joel Edmondson. You're telling me you couldn't have signed him free agency? Like you had to give up, what was it, a fourth? Yeah, it was a fourth. Yeah, I don't think that was really necessary. Throwing in a third to get Josh Anderson didn't really make sense to me either. But hey, I don't know. I just, I just jump in on that though. It's like if you're if you're doing a trade and let or let's say you want to go out and sign Edmondson, I don't know who had interest in him. I didn't even pay attention to it. But if he hits the open market, instead of dealing with exclusively with one team, your team, he's now dealing with a potential of thirty other teams for his market value. Where they paid him, what was it, three something, three point two five, something Which like is that. A lot. It's a lot. But in the open market, he might have gone north of four. You don't know. But he um, could have. Uh, Paul, is, Paul is having a good goalie and identity. <laughs> no, that's the problem, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. I, like that's something that like Steve Dangle talks a lot about on his. Like that's kind of took, where I took it from. He talks about teams having an identity. So for the longest time, the Leafs' identity was fast and skilled. You had Boston, who was just a pain in the butt. That was kind of their identity. So every team tried to have one, and you want to build on it as much as you can. And Montreal never really had one. So it was always like, all right, we got Carey Price. But that's not going to win you anything if you have nothing in front of them. So I think they're moving towards the kind of maybe Boston-esque style. Get some guys that'll make your life hell. And just don't play Price 50,000 games a year, maybe. Yeah, I think they could have done better and also could have done worse. Uh, Keith, I think we, I think we've dissected plenty on Domi and Anderson. So let's let's you know what I was going to go through a couple more trades. Let's start getting into this free agency. Free agency opened on Friday. Let's to, let's look at the goalie mark because I know specifically Keith, you've been on like four or five episodes in a row. Congratulations, you've been on quite the streak. And I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure most episodes we've talked about this oversaturated goalie market. So you have both been privy to uh, viewing it unfold and analyze, analyzing it beforehand. Let's get your first take on the fact that Braden Holtby went to Vancouver, of all places, two years, 4.3 each year, and that broke before Markstrom signed. I kind of like that deal from both the Holtby angle and the Vancouver angle. Like, it's short term, so they're giving themselves a proven backup to Demko or a proven starter if they want to make Demko their backup, which wouldn't make a ton of sense to me after what we just saw in the playoffs. And they're not locked into any crazy cap commitment or term commitment. I really like that deal. Yeah, I'm with you. I think them playing as a tandem will be really great. It'll help Demko kind of, you know, establish himself as a starter. He can take some tips or whatever the old trope is about learning from veterans. Anyone have some controversial takes on Holtby being in Vancouver? No. I'm kind of just surprised that he went for that little money in term. I uh, thought someone was going to yeah. like way overpay him because he's a Stanley Cup goaltender. But I think it was, you know, not bad by betting for once. I don't yeah. think Vancouver fans liked it very much, though. Yeah. I mean, I will say I'm also surprised on term. Like, 
That's very reasonable. Yeah. But should Calgary fans be happy? They got arguably the top goalie on the market, Jacob Markstrom, 6x6. No. Is that what it was? Says six by six. The, yeah. Six by six. Notably, uh, in AAV, that is lower than Matt Murray. Aaron, Jacob Markstrom, why should Calgary fans be upset? Well, I, I just personally wouldn't want it. <laughs> I'm asking you why. <laughs> I don't. I, it's kind of hard to. I don't know. I look at their team, what they did. They Who do they have now in net? They have Markstrom, and did they keep uh, Riddick? Riddick. Riddick. They say Dave. Yeah. <sighs> I just feel like your tandem could have been better with a cheaper goalie and you could have found an alternative because then they went out and they signed Tanev too. I don't know. Just It's not a bad signing. It's just I'm not sold on the 6x6. Six six. It's the it's the money and the term again for me. I, it, I just would have been... If you had gone out and given Holtby, for example, two years at $6 million, I would have been more convinced of that than the six years for Markstrom. So it really boils down to term? Yeah. Paul... Term, six years for Markstrom, is that going to be an issue, you think? I don't think so. I don't hate it. Calgary has never really had a real goalie since, like, who, Kippersoff, maybe? Yeah. They've kind of rotated with guys for years. We thought Riddick could be the one to kind of stick. He had a down year. Hopefully he bounces back, because then if you have Markstrom-Riddick, that's a pretty good tandem. I'm just hoping Markstrom can play the way he played last year for majority of his contract. Obviously, you're probably not going to get the full six years you never really do but if say for three or four of those years he puts up similar numbers i think it's it's a good way to address a need that you definitely had to fill can i say something that i don't think would have ever been well received Uh definitely not i don't understand why everyone went gaga for markstrom he had this great year he had he, he played incredible this year i'd argue he was Probably top three goalies in the league this year during the regular season. I mean, before that, like he had, like he had some okay seasons. I've seen his stat sheet. I know he was rocking like a nine eighteen the year before and all that, but they were in relatively limited games. I've just, I've always, since everyone's been talking about this guy hitting the mark and getting his big payday, which he did. I was a little nervous about him not actually being fully proven. And there's something weird, I like in my stomach, like. This was a contract year, and this guy played incredibly. I don't know. Something feels fishy to me. Am I crazy, Keith? I get where you're coming from. I didn't see the, or I didn't understand the full hype around him coming into this offseason. But at the same time, I think we also have to consider that he was just on a good Vancouver team, and he's joining a really good Calgary team. And now, granted, Calgary's defense is going to be shakier with the loss of Brody. But I feel like he's on a good enough team to not hang him out to dry, and he'll still put up comparable numbers, hopefully for the majority of his deal. Well, if he can put up numbers like anything that Cam Talbot did, he'd be quite fine. And speaking of, what a great segue. Cam Talbot gets a a surprisingly big payday. uh, Three years, around $3.66 a year to play in Minnesota, replacing Devin, Devin Dubnik. I will say, Talbot's really only had one bad year, and it was the second year in Edmonton. Beyond that, he's been pretty fine the rest of his career. Aaron, is this like a you're jealous that your ex is looking better now than when you last dumped her? No. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because Mike Smith is still there. And? All right, hold on. Paul, are Edmonton fans looking at Talbot like a cute ex that's looking a little better, even though their new girlfriend, Mike Smith, isn't too hot? No, I'm going to agree with Aaron. I don't... Really? Yeah. Because 
here, I'll, I'll give you the logic I gave to, I'll even say it again, just for you, Mac. If you sign Talbot, you're handicapping yourself against the cap. So, no, I don't care that Talbot's gone to Minnesota where he's going to probably tank his GAA and save percentage because they have nobody. Smith played well last year. He didn't do, he wasn't amazing, but he did well. He played 50, if he plays 50% of the games along with Koskinen, I'm completely happy with it. It's $2 million for one year. They didn't hurt themselves for the expansion draft, and it's a cheap fit. Like, he wasn't atrocious, and he's not going to play 75% of your games. So the hope is, like, you hopefully weave in more games for Koskin, and Smith starts to be the backup a bit more, hopefully. So no, I, I don't hate it. Smith Plus, Smith is a good leader in the locker room. He brings something that Talbot wasn't. So no, I, I, I definitely do not hate it at all. So my ex can go to the dumps with many and have a great time oh, wow you know i i i think it's pretty bang on to be honest i think you could have maybe got mike smith for like a little cheaper but we're arguing what a million bucks whatever so i think you need to eventually finally say bye to mike smith and get a legit goalie but for another year considering the circumstances i'm, I'm with aaron i don't think it's the worst thing wow okay well i mean can't really argue with how Oilers fans feel with an Oilers fan, um, you would have you would know better. But yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of it. I think uh, I think Talbot's better than both of them, quite frankly. But Keith, any thoughts between Mike Smith staying in Edmonton, and Talbot going to Mini, or just whatever? Yeah, all I have to say is echoing what Aaron and Paul just covered. It's just it's okay. All right. Well, the Kings going to Washington to play with the great Lundqvist with Ovi. Do we want them to basically win the cup now? Like. Are they everyone's favorite team for this no. one year? You said no, Aaron. I did. I said no. Heartless. Why is Aaron just no fun? Because <laughs> I don't. Because Ovi won his oh, cup. Hank man. had his years. He didn't get it. You should have known Washington's probably not winning it again. Don't go there. Well, I mean, we did say Washington wasn't ever going to win it, and then the next year they won it. So that's a little. <laughs> that's a little. Quote, quote, quote me on it. Quote me on it. All right. Uh, I think Glunquist to Washington makes a lot of sense. It should be fun. Him and Sansonov. Sansonov looked really good last year, too. Yeah. Should be a lot of fun. Um, definitely a team to watch for the playoff time. Goalie market-wise, Crawford goes to New Jersey. Grice to Detroit. Hudobin stays in Dallas. Anyone got some hot or fun takes on those? Just weird. Yeah, uh, the Crawford one I didn't really understand. Grice I can see because I'm not going to say his options were limited, but he's probably going to split time with Bernier, so I don't... I don't, whatever, it's Detroit. Well, Grace Crawford one, time. Yeah, so wh- I'm surprised he didn't go somewhere else where maybe you're kind of guaranteed a little more of a role. Maybe he doesn't want that. I don't know. The Crawford one was just weird. Yeah, it made it no was, sense. They just got out of Schneider. They yeah. just got out of Schneider. So they overpay another older goalie. They didn't overpay. I don't think they overpaid. What was the contract? Two year? Um, four million, almost. Or just yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't hate the contract. I'm kind of surprised that he would just go to New Jersey. But that's if money. If you're going on a two-year deal, why wouldn't you rather just go to maybe but that's money you give to Blackwood. That's not even... Why would you give that to Crawford? Because you have Oodles a cap space. Yeah. I mean, no I don't Blackwood know if Oodles is the word, but... What's wrong with Oodles? No, but I don't... <laughs> I mean, they don't have a stupid amount, do they, still? Um, they have current cast base eighteen million. I lied. Never mind. Mac so, <laughs> I'm gonna say that is. I'm sticking by Oodles. Yeah, Oodles works. Oodles work. Blackwood's in RFA. Oh, right now, so they do have. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 
but they have the money, so it's yeah. As long as he doesn't command twelve to thirteen million, he should be fine. Yeah, I, I don't hate it. It's just again, it's kind of a weird landing spot. It's like New Jersey's probably not going to be very good again. I don't. I think they've made some good moves though this offseason. I'll give them that. I think New Jersey's gonna a. They have one of like the most wealthy managements in like the league. Like they are like a conglomerate, so they're not feeling really the heat from this. So they can afford to spend up to the cap. So I think they're gonna actually try and take advantage of this, take advantage of capped out teams like Toronto, who we'll talk about in a bit, and try and put together a competitive team to play, potentially get some playoff revenue. I don't. I don't mind what New Jersey's doing over there. I just realized they just spent almost $12 million on those three moves, or the three moves we'll talk about, and they still have $18 million in cash days. Oodles. And that's with P.K. Subban's full $9 million. Oodles. That's pretty crazy. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure oodles is actually now the best word. All right, let's go to arguably the biggest skater to come off the board. Mark Borvietsky signs two (laughs) years, $2 million a year. In Nashville, I mean, Keith, is there any question Nashville now has the best defense core out of anyone in the league? Not only anyone in the league, I'm saying anyone all time. All time. Yeah. Borvieski is the punctuation mark. On <laughs> you heard it here first. One of the, honestly, though, he's a great, I, I love that guy. I think he's going to be a great signing down there. Um, yeah. I think he'll give new life to, I think, this, I think he's just a great person to have. And he's not even that bad of a defenseman either. No. Things I can't say the same for is Jack Johnson getting a second chance. New York Rangers, $1.15 million. He gets to join uh, the boys on the back end. I was going to say something, but I think we all know what I was going to say. We don't need to talk about them right now. Jack Johnson sucks. Do we need to say anything more? How, how much term did he get? One it's just one one oh, okay. 1.15. So I, I think, oh, yeah, go for I, Paul. Yeah, I, look, he's not a good defenseman. But on a cheap deal like that, whatever, you could justify it. And also just like his whole backstory too. Like it's nice to see him get another gig to keep playing. That's really the only thing for me. All right, guys. How are we going to do this next part? I have a couple guys who are bigger, right? That were the ones we're obviously going to talk about. But there were some smaller signings. We're going to go in a sort of auction-esque style here. I will present to you the player where he signed. and. Whoever wants to bid their time that they'd like to speak will get him. All right. Whoever bids the highest. I don't know how well this is going to work, but I figured we ought to just do this. All right. <laughs> I wonder who's going to win this one. Tyler Ennis signs one Aaron, year. Aaron, Aaron, one Aaron, Aaron. <laughs> uh, Aaron is definitely a good, a good uh, amount of time to talk about it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, yeah. right. All right. I love it. All right. Next, oh. <laughs> Patrick Maroon, two years, $900,000 a year. Anyone <laughs> looking to bid? Going once, twice, gone. Good signing for Tampa. Good job. <laughs> Damn it. Kyle Terris. Aaron, 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 Aaron. <laughs> um, Aaron, I think, you know you're supposed to say like an amount of time that you'd like to speak on it, not just your name over and I guess it's working for you, whatever. It's very good. It's working um, yeah. <laughs> Just go, go with it. it. All right. No, I love it. Uh, it's it's a cheap deal. What was it, like one point? In the 1.3 or 1. 6 1.6 for a year, one point, right? Two years. Two years? Yeah, so like, what, he's a veteran guy, right-hand shot center, which we don't have, can actually play third-line minutes consistently. Like, he's not going to be, he could be a great second power play guy, like, has some offensive upside, but he's mainly, like, a great two-way. And the thing is, is now you can move Nuge from trying to run his own line to finally playing with Leon or McDavid full-time. 
And then they, they like adding that with Ennis, like can, we're bringing him back at least. Like that third line is looking dangerous. Like it's not like um, just to add on to what they had. Their top six was perfect, but now they're adding another element, bringing Jesse back, Kyle Turris, Tyler Ennis. That's the third line right now. Like I wish you would actually bid the amount of time that you were going to speak. No, I'm just doing a click. That is a great third line. I will never be upset with that line. And just to add on, he's only two years removed from his last 50-point season. If you're getting that kind of production out of your third line mm-hmm. with Dreisaitl and McDavid getting close to 100, most likely, mm-hmm. you're loving life. Yep. It's also just a better fit than Nashville was, I think. I th- yeah, it's the more tempo. Up tempo. Wow, I didn't think Kyle Turris would get that much airtime. All right, congratulations, Kyle. We're obviously all happy <laughs> for you. All right, moving on. Vinny Henestroza signs in Florida. I don't even have the contract in front of me. Going once, going nope. twice. All right, congratulations, Vinny. Carter Verhage gets two years at a million bucks each. Then Are we going through every single signing? No, I just the ones on my page. Leave me alone. I guess no one wants <laughs> to do that. Oh, does anyone want to talk about Radko Gudis going three years in Florida? Yeah, fine. Oh, oh, someone's bidding. Good job, Paul. All right, what do you? I'll make talking? it quick too because it's it's yeah. Gudis. He's kind of fell off. I used to watch a lot of Flyer games. Well, I still do. But when he was on the Flyers, he was that, you know, you don't want to match up against him. But his play has definitely declined the last couple of years. And he was heavily linked to Toronto because of that intimidation factor. I'm glad Toronto didn't get him for that contract. It seems a little hefty for someone who looks like he's declining pretty quick. That's all I got to say about him. Absolutely agree. Yeah. <laughs> Alexander Wenberg going to Florida for one year, $2.5 million. Going Bill, Z- Bill Zito's oh. just bringing Columbus to Florida. The end. Pretty much. You were supposed to bid. I'll bid, I'll bid on Aaron, it. Aaron, All Aaron, right. Aaron, Aaron. Oh. Whoa. Okay. Aaron said Aaron way way more times than Paul said yeah. Paul. All right. So I guess the bidding now is going to be saying your name over and over. <laughs> okay. Aaron. Aaron, you can go first because you were so right. excited. Okay. Bill Zito's bringing Columbus to Florida. <laughs> the end. Wow. Wow. I'm glad so you so much for it just to say that. I was kind of hoping the Leafs would take a flyer on him. I think he's a good 3C. Wait, wait, which flyer? Way too overpaid. Couturier? Uh, no, I think he's a he's a good 3C. He plays more of a... He's quite good defensively. Um, I believe he's a PK guy as well. So for the deal he got, I thought it was really good. Uh, if Toronto were to get him, I think that would have meant the end of Kerfoot. And honestly, I wouldn't have hated that trade-off. But, you know, I'm still happy with Kerfoot being on the team. So far, who knows? Wenberg got paid for, like, a 21-year-old 70-point season. Um, but he's still he's still 24. Like, he's, there's a lot he's of room still, for that guy. Too. Yeah, he's 26, isn't he? Uh, no, 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 no. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, uh, I don't know, actually. But, I mean, again, he got overpaid because of that season. I don't think he's as bad as everyone projects it. It's That's the crazy thing about signing a big contract. Um, he is 26, so yeah, my bad. Regardless, anyway, good job, Wenberg. Hopefully, you rec- you you know build up your own thing. Justin Schultz goes to Washington, two years, four million dollars a year, going once. Keith, Keith, Keith. All right, nice. I just want <laughs> to comment that Washington loves former Penguins defensemen. Yes, do Orpik Neskinen. That I might be it, like but it. Schultz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, any contract that's short on term and short on cap for a contending team, 
he Schultz has shown before how he can contribute at a high level, and Washington's just taking a gamble with fairly low risk. So I like the signing for both for, for both parties. Yeah, I think so too. And I mean, with the way that Ole Matt is making his rounds around the NHL, he'll also be a Penguins defender that ends up in Washington at some point. But if no one else has too much to say on it, we'll move to the next one. I wonder who's going to bid on this guy. Bobby Ryan, one year, $1 million, going to Detroit. Uh, yeah, just... just yeah, I don't, I don't need to do the countdown. Keith, talk about Bobby Ryan. I'd love to see him land somewhere. I was kind of hoping he would go to a team with more uh, potential to be successful next year, but it's great to see him get another one-year prove-it deal. I still think he has a lot of game left in him. I think if he's a focal point in Detroit, that might actually help him. But yeah, I just hope that wasn't his only offer and he just wanted to go to Detroit for his various connections there. Uh, they did talk to him on like during free agent frenzy. And I think he did mention that he had a couple calls, but Eiserman was his first call on that. They had a great discussion kind of about what he'd be able to do in Detroit and how you know it would work for him. So I think, I think it also made sense for him, which is which is great. I guess he's probably guaranteed more playing time there too, right? Like he'll get more minutes, which again could be good for his prove-it deal. Um, hopefully, he kind of regains a little bit of that spark. But Maybe the even trade at the deadline too. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised he didn't go to the Flyers because apparently they had interest. He's from New Jersey, and for some reason, a bunch of guys from New Jersey are actually Flyers fans. Look at you, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah, Goudreau, and I think Bobby Ryan's also said he was a Flyers fan, or I read somewhere. So I'm a little surprised, but yeah, if he's getting more playing time, and that's what he wants, all for it. I'm happy he's back. Uh, breaking news. I was actually hoping that we'd get breaking news during the show. Um, I've led you guys on, though. It's breaking news about tennis. No. Hey, but it is pretty cool. Nadal beat Djokovic in the French Open, which means Nadal is now tied for the most Grand Slams ever among men, which is pretty yeah. Can we remove Mac from the call? What? (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Leave me alone. Gosh, he's it's neat. Screw you. That was good. (laughs) All right, we're gonna need a or we're gonna take a much needed break to calm down, become friends again. This whole episode has been nothing. Yeah, this has been a wild. It's a weird one. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back and we'll get on with more auction stuff and pray to the Lord on god's day as it is to aaron that uh (laughs) aaron is god that we get some actual hockey breaking news maybe just maybe praise aaron all right we're back with more of the auction and a couple more contracts added to this auction so guys if you're ready to say your names in order in sequential order, then i'm ready to go yeah Wade simmons oh okay are you guys are gonna wait for me to finish one year 1.5 million to toronto i'll talk about it <laughs> talk about it who's the, oh, you got a bid paul we, we figured it'd be you so you gotta say your name like six times over steve <laughs> <laughs> all right paul just talk about it i like it he same thing, I've watched him a lot when he was in Philadelphia. He was a nuisance to play against, and he could put the puck in the net. He definitely, similar game style, is starting to catch up with him. He's declined the last couple years, but I think coming back home to Toronto, because he's from Scarborough, playing with the young guys and being with the 
uh, what was it called? Uh, the training staff here. I think they could really kind of rejuvenate his career. And even if it's not, and he's just an intimidation factor, that's fine. It's a one year, 1.5 hometown boy. I don't care. I love it. He's already had some very good quotes that Leaf fans love to see. So I'm really excited. Even if he becomes a third, fourth liner, I'm happy for him. Agreed and adjourned. Burakovsky re-signing in Colorado two years, $4.9 million a year. Going once, going twice. Gone. Good job, Burakovsky. You're probably going to win a cup next year. Craig Smith, Boston, three years, $3.1 million. No. Yeah. Yeah, right here. Keith. Go, right, Keith, 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 go. I love it. Not only is it a great piece for Boston to add up front because of their just insane depth now and just their now ability to roll lines constantly, it also makes you guys as Leafs fans so annoyed that they managed to get a good player for such a reasonable deal. I am so happy with this signing. Thanks. I hate it. Congratulations to Craig Smith on probably making it to the cup finals and losing to Colorado next year. <laughs> next, Jesper Fast going to Carolina three years, $2 million a year. I would, I, yeah. You know, I'll you got to say your name. You got to say your hey, name. It's so awkward. I hate saying my own name. Say it. Paul, 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 Paul. Well, now, but then Aaron and Keith get to talk about it. No, because they didn't say their own names. <laughs> right, so, so you got to say your name, Paul. 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 Yes, Paul, you would like to talk about this? Gosh. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great deal. Uh, no, he, I don't know why New York let him go if that was the deal he signed. I figured it would be something more ludicrous if he was going to leave New York because New York's a solid team, but Carolina just seems to always get these good deals. And I hate it because he's another guy that I wish the Leafs were going to target. If you, well, they did end up trading Johnston, but at the time I was thinking, all right, move him out, sign fast for. I thought it was going to be more. I thought it was going to be like $2.5, 3000000 I was like, you save a little bit of cash. He's extremely good defensively. Great penalty killer. Leafs need a couple of those guys. I was really hoping they'd pick him up, but that's a phenomenal deal for Carolina. And I hate them because they keep doing this. Agreed. I hate Carolina. Darn you, Carolina. No, I, Congratulations I on making it to the conference finals next year in <laughs> Boston. Moving on. Zach Bogosian signs one year, $1 million. With the Toronto Maple Leafs. Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. Aaron. I want to go after Aaron. I like. Well, you can say your name, Paul. Oh, wait, wait, Paul. On. All right. Paul gets to go second. Go right, I like it a lot. Stanley Cup champion now. Uh, experienced bet. Right hand shot, which I've mentioned in our chat a lot this week. It's what they need. I don't know if he's going to be the sixth or seventh guy, even fifth guy, but he played. He was playing top minutes with Hedman for a lot of the playoffs, so. I think it's exactly the grit, the size, the right-hand shot exactly is what they need. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he fits the mold really well of what uh, Kyle Dubas wants to go towards because he did say he wants this team to be harder to play against. And if you're one of those people that said, oh, now he finally realized what they need, I'm pretty sure he knew this all along. It's just this is the first year, I truly believe, that he has full reins to do what he wants with this team. Prior years, he had to get rid of lose bad contracts with Zaitsev, Marlowe, signing the big guys. Yes, maybe he overpaid on some of them, but he's finally got all that out of the way. He can do what he wants with his team. I've liked what he's done so far. 
I think bringing in Bogosian is a great move. Again, it's a one-year, one-mil. If it doesn't work, whatever. You can bury most of that. You can probably trade him. But he's going to be another intimidation factor, which is what they need. So playing him, again, like Aaron said, right side, great. He just won a cup. I think similar to Simmons, he can come into the room, spice it up a little bit. I don't know where he's going to play, though, and that's my only concern with this move. Because now you're going to roll. We'll get to Brody, I guess, a little later. But Actually, I'll no, I'll save, I'll save it for the Brody. I'll save it. I'll save it. Gosh. Uh, all right. Miko Koivu. One year, $1.5 million going to Columbus. Aaron. Oh, okay. Cool. Didn't expect that one. <laughs> Neato. Go for it, Aaron. I'm just going to say it one line. A finished GM is nostalgic for the finished player. The end. I was, gonna, I was actually going to bid myself. I was going to say Mac. He's old uh, Alexander Wenberg. So. Yes. Neato. Yeah, it's fine. I kind of wish he went to Montreal. Paul, you didn't bid. Oh my. Actually, okay, but actually, that would be kind of cool. Right. Uh, Radic Faxa, to just while we were taking our break, uh, re signed with Dallas, five years, $3.75 million a year. Going once. Great signing. Yeah, solid. They definitely rewarded him for his playoff run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, actually. Good signing. Good job. Derek Forbert, also while we were away, uh, Winnipeg, one year, $1 million. Agreed. Good job. And uh, uh, Namestankov, Namesnikov signs uh, two years, $2 million with Detroit. I'll take this one. I'll say okay. Mac. Well, I, I wow, get... way to cut Keith off. I don't no, bid, though. No one let no, me no, bid. No, no, no. Who do you? It's fine. Who do you, boo-boo? I don't... I'm surprised he went to Detroit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just can't do this right now, Keith. You take it. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I really like the signing. Even if he doesn't finish the contract year, contract there, sorry, uh, Detroit can flip him at the deadline like Ottawa did to a contender like Colorado for more picks and prospects. So I really like it. I felt really bad for cutting you off. It's okay. All right, you let's should. get into some of the uh, more notable players. Since Paul has given away our hand, although everyone knows who we're going to talk about, TJ Brody. Four years, $20 million, which means five a year to Toronto. Just for fun, let's start with non the Toronto, with the not Toronto fan. Keith, what do you think of the signing? I think it's a really good contract, first of all. It's like they didn't overpay by any means. It's not like they gave them something ridiculous, like seven years. The only issue I see with it is I think he's going to get scapegoated. He's just one of these players that he takes a lot of risks. And when they don't work out it can be pretty bad for his team defensively. And I have a feeling if he makes too many of these boneheaded plays, similar to like Jace Jake Gardner, Jake Gardner, yeah. It's oh. just ugly for Brody in Toronto. I'm, he's definitely better than Gardner. That's not what I'm saying. But I have the feeling that it's just going to happen like that if he ever costs his team a goal in a crucial moment, like a certain former Leafs defenseman. Are you talking about Dion Phaneuf or Jake Gardner? Or Cody Cece, or Tyson Berry, Caberlay, actually, or Caberlay, or, <gasps> or Hal Gill. All right, I'm all for the Leaf slander, but nobody talks crap about Caberlay. <laughs> what about what about Brian McCabe, Paul? Don't you dare! You stop. Brian McCabe is old Jake Gardner. Stop it! <laughs> I hate you. All right, Paul. I got to meet TJ myself. Brody, the new Brian McCabe. What do you What do you think about this guy? Wow. No, I like it. I think. Obviously, Leafs fans wanted Petrangelo, but was it ever realistic? Maybe, but I was always of the belief, we've talked about this a lot in group chats, 
uh, I would rather go out and sign my my first guy was actually Hamannick, but then Brody was a very close second. I'd rather them do that and have a little more space to maybe sign another right shot defenseman, which they ended up doing. Uh, I'd rather that than you know spend. I don't know if Petron is going to make this year, but it's very high. So I really like it. I've read a bunch about him where, yes, there's been that concern of he's a little more high risk. It might not work. But his defensive numbers suggest that if that happens or if it's in his own end, he can get the puck out. So I'm not too worried about it. I am scared that Leafs fans are going to do the same thing they always do with our defensemen. But I have faith and I really like the signing. It's a good term, decent money. I love it. So, but going back to what I was talking about earlier with the Bogosian signing, I don't know what the decor is going to look like. I think it's a really solid decor. Uh, Dubis definitely improved it, but it's like, who comes out now? So ideally, you're going to have Riley Brody, I would think. But Or you go Muzzin Brody, if you're really concerned, Brody's the kind of guy who might make that errant pass so because muzzin's better defensively but please give riley someone good to play with so i'm really hoping it's brody either way you can mix and match those those are your top three guys for sure fourth playing with muzzin was currently whole i think he's gone i don't like his contracts he seems like a really nice dude i feel bad he's a good story i don't think he's worth the deal without muzzin he looked very lost and i don't think you can afford to have a two million dollar player look that bad if Muzzin goes down, knock on wood. So who comes up then? You got to imagine Dermot's going to get a shot. Aaron, I know you hate that idea. but Oh, you're, you're queuing me up right here. I know, but it Dubis has already said he wants to try him on the right side. I think he's young enough that you give him a shot. So let's just say it's Riley Brody, Muzzin, Dermot, because that could work well because gives Dermot a little bit more free reign. And then your bottom pairing is going to be what? You could move Magosian up and down the lineup. He seems like he can do that, especially playing with Tampa in the top four. Uh, and then you have Lettinen, who's ripping up the KHL again. Hopefully he can translate that to the NHL. And then you have Sandine, who's just kind of chilling. So I, it's, it's a good problem to have, I guess, because we've never had a problem where we've had too many decent D. I'm not going to say good yet. We don't know on some of these guys. But I also read that because it might be condensed season, there's probably going to be more back-to-backs than usual. So maybe rotating in that bottom three might work out well. Give some older guys like maybe Muzzin a night off here and there. It could work. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with this decor, though. Yeah, I think it's the first time we can say they've had more than three NHL caliber NHL caliber defensemen. All right, Aaron, you've been teed up. Uh, why don't you let loose here? I'm not going to let loose. I'm going to be calm. I'm just going to ask Paul. Paul, what is the biggest thing? I hate about Travis Dermott. He's got his face. No, no, no. Paul's <laughs> going to say it. Paul's going to say it. I know. He's I got Jake it. Gardner syndrome. As what right. Like to right. Say. He has Jake Gardner syndrome. Okay. Now in this, I sent this to the group chat and it was literally just mentioned. What did they just say about TJ Brody? I, okay. You don't like his face. <laughs> <laughs> he has hints of Jake Gardner. I don't, I, I'm not too, too worried about that though. I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't be worried. I'm worried about I'm it Brody, because I saw what because everybody Dermot said maybe. don't worry about Jake Gardner. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Now we have two more Jake Gardners on our team, possibly. No, I don't. I don't think that possibly. I would take Brody out of that conversation. Dermot very well could be, and if that's his ceiling, it's not the worst thing in the world. I know people don't like Jake Gardner, but 
No, but we don't. Jacob was a good defenseman. He yeah, just made terrible easy. mistakes at terrible yeah, times. Exactly, and, and I think that. the biggest thing is going to come down to what Dermot wants. What is his contract going to look like? In the end, I think the best thing to do. Again, my opinion. You, you already have Brody. You can't go back on that. Fine. You have one Jake Gardner esque maybe player. You get rid of the other one. I don't like Travis Dermot. He, sure, he's probably a great dude. So do you? I probably yeah. know guys that know him. I just don't Weird want him on the Leafs. <laughs> Then do you keep Hole? No, you get rid of him too. So then who do you roll? You have Sandine full-time? Yeah. With Lettinen? 100% it's not, That's not do. the worst thing ever. 100% just, you do. Yeah. I No, I can get behind that. It's just I, we obviously have differing opinions. We've talked about this before. Or what I, you do I, is I, like if you can spread out your decor and you want to roll all three pairs, if you're really feeling confident in Brody's defensive ability, you put Riley with one of Lettinen, Sandine, and then you put... Uh, Muzzin with the other one or you put one with Brody and you split it all up so you have one of the big three of now Riley, Muzzin and, and, and or Brody rolling with one of Lettinen, Hall to carry Hall, or sorry not Hall Bogosian or um, Lettinen or Sandine like I'm completely fine with splitting it up so you roll three pairs instead of running a top four and maybe putting your third pairing out every other shift, every fourth shift, personally I mean, yeah, there's there's so many options they can go with, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah. Speaking of Jake Gardner sim, sim, syndrome, uh, Tyson Berry signed in Edmonton. <laughs> so, Aaron. Yeah, but like. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. now okay. it doesn't matter. So now it is Edmonton guy. You can't okay, say so hold it. On, so hold on. So hold on. Let me get. Hey, you <laughs> the reason. <laughs> the reason. The reason I'm fine with it is because it's one year. It's yeah. one year. So I it, think I think he's better suited in Edmonton than he. Was I agree. There. So the hey, thing Dermot is, isn't even signed. He's zero years. He's an RF. You know he's they're going to sign him. <laughs> you already know. Well, I think they're going to trade him, but I really hope so. Yeah. Oh, so I, I, actual opinions. Um, I haven't heard Keith's lovely voice in a little bit. So Barry and Edmonton Keith. He signs for three point seven five million dollars. I actually really like the deal. I think he's going to thrive playing with an elite forward that he didn't have in Toronto, per se. Sorry, that was, that was wow. offside. My bad. Are um, you talking about Dreisaitl being better than Matthews? No, I was just shooting a little shot across the bow. But actually, though, it's one year, pretty low risk for Edmonton. They just get another offensive weapon on a ridiculously stacked team. I think it's a good fit. I think so, too. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't like consensus. was how we had to just bring up how the media and fans were so tough. Yeah. And then William Nylander's listening to him like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you get used to you it. You think? <laughs> <laughs> I get traded every day. Hey, man. It's, you know, some people can take, like, even like Garrett Sparks on the way out, didn't, he didn't get a shot. You definitely did get a shot. But, yeah. you know, if you if you don't feel that way and if you didn't have a good time here, it's... That's it's all, a shame. That's all up to you. I had right? high hopes it's, for him, and I hope him the best. Yeah, yeah. like he, you weren't a shitty person for doing for not liking Toronto because of oh. the media. That's that's totally fair. So, in the same way that some guys don't want to play in like zero markets because, well, eh. some guys thrive off of the big spotlight, right? Yeah, actually, I think Duke, I think Duclair is actually someone like that who hasn't signed. But you I know think, who else is, which is very Max Domi. Interesting. That you, yep. Yeah, which is, I think that's why he took a two-year. It walks him right to UFA, doesn't he? It yep. does. Yes. Yeah, I think that's why he played well in Montreal because it's a big market, hockey market, and Arizona wasn't, and Columbus isn't. So it'll be interesting. But 
All right, we got two more contracts to get to before we get to the, uh, as of right now, ooh, crossing my fingers, highest paid contract uh, that was given out. Chris Tanev, four years, $4.5 million in Calgary. I am actually a Flames fan. I hate the deal. It's pretty terrible. Uh, Chris Tanev is kind of washed. He also hasn't played a full season in at least uh, 20 years, maybe when he was eight or nine. So I think he did last year. Yeah, it's a short but, season, so but it didn't even count. <laughs> he hasn't played 82 games in a season yes. for a long time. I don't think ever. Um, I think it's pretty uh, concerning. So I, I really am not a fan of the deal. It would have been fine on shorter term, but four years and only half a million less than uh, than Barry or Brody. Whoops. Yeah, it's. I see it as an issue. Or at least if they went four years, make it like try get him for less money, so it's movable. Yeah. They kind of they We're gave him both. Really. You kind of yeah. It's not never, the worst, but it's it is concerning. Best. Yeah, especially because yeah. this yeah. year was his best years apparently, or his best year, sorry, in a very long time. And even then, his defensive numbers suggest he wasn't great, and he was playing with Hughes. So, like, imagine Hughes with like a good D partner. Crazy. Wow. I mean, they've been saying that about Morgan Riley for years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see. Who knows? Uh, Dion. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk goes to Anaheim three years, $3.9 million. Kind of surprised. I thought he would have gone for either higher term or higher money to a team that was closer to contending. Yeah. Apparently Tampa offered him a deal, but he rejected it for, I don't know what it was. Yeah. For like more money. How much did Tampa offer? I don't know. I don't know if it ever came out the numbers, but it's, it is a very strange deal. Why yeah. Anaheim? Is it literally just because California? Maybe. Oh, Keith, any insight on Shattenkirk here? I kind of like the deal. I think he'll be able to work with uh, Drysdale, and having a veteran like that, Ooh. a Stanley Cup champ, will help out Drysdale in his development, so I'm for it. I didn't even think about that, that uh, perspective. Huh. Good answer. Glad I threw it to you. Always am. All right, let's get to the big news, gentlemen. Petrangelo was blindsided. When St. Louis went out and got Tory Krug on a seven-year, $6.5 million deal, no one even reported that this was an option. And then it just broke. By far the biggest news of the day. I think I'll kick it off with Ballsy. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> they went out and got the second-best defenseman while they're top, without telling their, top, their captain who was on the market. My God. Talk about drama. And you want to talk about the flip side of that. The Boston trauma. Oh, yeah. That's another whole issue. The fact that they just played Boston in the Stanley Cup final for anyone that wasn't totally aware of that. So, but the other drama. What drama? What? Oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That crew didn't get an offer for a year. He had an offer last year, which was very similar. I think it was six by six was reported. And then they pulled it and never offered him anything again. Like, wow, we. Tory Krug accidentally. Uh, making the or setting off the fireworks on the day, it was very exciting. Uh, Aaron Krug to St. Louis. What do you think of the deal? What do you think of the ramifications? Hit us with a couple points here. So I texted my roommate from university, who's a, a diehard St. Louis fan. Don't ask me why. He literally just he didn't even respond in a text. He, he couldn't even get me get words to me. He, all he said was all I said was, "What do you think of Krug?" Question mark. Just a thumbs down emoji with a crying <laughs> face. That's all I got because I get it. You, it means you, they're out. They're out. They're out of Petro. What? Like they, 
Armstrong said they aren't. But that's literally what it's... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got no cap space. Yeah, they got nothing. Nobody has cap space. Dude, that, no, that's not true. We said New Jersey has cap space. Okay. I Oodles, mean, Paul. Oodles. Oh, there was, okay, but the whole thing with Petrangelo was he had the three teams that seemed like the front runners. Returning back to St. Louis, mm-hmm. Toronto, hometown, mm-hmm. and Vegas. None of them have cap space. That's not and true. two of them are out. That is true. Okay, so hold on, hold on. Steve and I were talking about this the other like two days ago. We said Vegas. Well, like everybody said, what Dubas said, right? Like, if they, it depends on how big of a splash they want to make. They can make the cap space work, right? Yeah, they, okay. Yes. Yeah, but we'll talk about right now at this I'm moment. They do not have the cap space. Okay. They have two million dollars. Not even. It's just under two. Okay, that's what they both have. But if if but Petro says yes. to you, if Petro says to you, I want to come to your team, you make the cap space. Yeah, but yeah, do yeah, you? Because then you well. Because then you're, like, I think, kind of well, like Dubis okay. said, with Toronto, you'd have to disassemble the entire bottom half of a team. And right. Vegas isn't totally dissimilar from that. If you trade I think, it's, Kerfoot, I think there's a difference, yeah. If you trade Kerfoot and you trade Hall right there in two players, you're getting $5.5 to add to your 1.3 you already have. You don't re-sign Dermot, and you have your top six. That's, that's literally all you have to do to get Petro. You trade two players. Vegas, it's the same thing. You trade Martinez, and you trade Smith, and you get Petro. Not even to mention, if you can somehow get someone to take Flurry, you're done. That's seven. That's seven. I think I think Vegas is oddly enough with the team that they have, which is so good. They're probably better suited to make it work without really getting hit by the repercussions. Um, he's not going to go to Vegas. <laughs> Tyler Johnson didn't get claimed off of waivers. If people people with cap space are going to like. Are they're they're weaponizing it? They're weaponizing okay. it to like, yeah, of course. Extreme end. but I don't think here's a, here's an idea. Are going to pay? So are here? Are you going to pay an extra first and second round pick to pay someone for the flurry not to play for you, just so that you can sign this guy and then probably have to trade other people? So what if you move a guy like Nate Schmidt? I have a feeling. He has, like, someone will take that, because it's 5.95. It's not awful. He's a good defenseman. No, but see, the issue that I see is, it's not that they're not offering good players. Like, Flurry can still play, and you, and uh, Tyler Johnson can play. And Tyler Johnson, maybe he's a little overvalued, but it's about, why would we help you? You know what I mean? Exactly, so, like, and I'm so like, glad teams aren't doing it. Like, Nate Schmidt and two firsts for this. Well, I don't want to help you. That's a great deal. I'm not going to help you. There are teams that I think are genuinely doing that. That's how Tyler Johnson gets through waivers. Because again, now he's still stuck on Tampa, and Tampa still has the cap head. Good. So Wait, it was it un- it wasn't unconditional, right? No, no, he's no. just in the minors. Which now he's, yeah, he's just right now, now <laughs> in the minors. They're basically yeah. like, all right, anyone take him for free, and no one did. So he's still on the bucks, like on the actual cap head. So it's yeah. It's fascinating. So I don't think Petro is going to go to anyone who doesn't have cap space right now. I think he maybe goes to the Rangers, quite frankly. Ooh, that's they're, not a bad place. They to have go. money. It's not a bad place at all. But they, they just signed Truba, and they have to sign D'Angelo and Fox next year. Is it I know, but what is... Oh, you, you get rid of D'Angelo so easily. Mm. And no one will see it coming, too. But like, yeah. Petro's going to have to... <laughs> his asking price is going to probably come down to, I think, under eight. Just because the team he, teams he wants to sign with can't sign him because other teams aren't going to help them try and get him under contract. I kind of, I do kind of feel bad for him. A little bit, but, for sure. But I think, I think the way he handled it maybe wasn't the best. Eh, I thought it was fine. 
It was I mean, okay. If Doug Armstrong doesn't want to give his, the only person well, who's captained yeah. the team or his team That's to true. a Stanley Cup a no movement clause, oh good, oh goodness gracious, yeah, That's so bad. Can I can I ask you guys what you think of? Uh, ask Keith. It, I miss him. Yeah, I was Keith, say. <laughs> Keith, what do you think potentially? And I know Paul's going to rage. What do you think of Boston as a fit for Petro? Uh, why? Because I, didn't get I really like it. Keith's the perfect person to ask too, because he's just like, yes, let me twist this knife even more. Let me stir this pot. Goodness. <laughs> they have a team that's built to win now. Their core is aging out of their prime. If they added Petro, that immediately increases their odds of continuing to be a contender. That's what I'm thinking too, honestly. And oh, if, like- if it's depending on the term, like it depends on who's up. Like they have Krejci one year, Patrice one, Pasternak the next. And it's like, all the teams, they have like one guy up each year that'll be able to, let's say, dependent on when he, un- he re- has to resign, they could even increase his number. So uh, he's, he's going to go to Colorado. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense to me. I was just going to say, if I'm Petro, I, again, I don't like Boston just because of they're good and they beat us. But with all that aside, I, if I'm Petro, I don't think I want to sign a long-term deal in Boston. For that yeah. exact reason of their aging. I don't think that Boston's going to have to rebuild, really. I think it's more of a retool for them. Because they do have quite a few young guys that can maybe carry the load. Uh, they won't be the super team that they were. But if I'm Petro, I'm already 30. I'm going to sign a seven-year deal with a team that's probably got, what, two more years of contention, maybe? I think Colorado makes the most sense. Yeah, but you probably won't be able to sign long-term there either. Yeah, they got to re-sign Joe still this year. He's not going to get a lot, but still re-sign in the, what, two to threes. Next year, Landis Cog's up, Sod's up next year if they want to re-sign him because they just got him. But yeah, they got some guys coming up in the next couple of years. Codger the year after that. Yeah, they are. Uh, he's certainly in a bind. I suppose the last thing we'll talk about here, guys, and Keith, I'll let you take point here because you mentioned it. Uh, Chicago veterans, they're not happy. Yeah, this actually also broke while we were talking. Um, it came out that the core group, the guys who have been there since their cup days, Taves, Keith, Seabrook, and Kane, are just feeling a little bit blindsided by the organization in their recent moves of like letting letting Sad go, letting Crawford go. They feel like they weren't made aware that this team is going to be in rebuilding and they had every intention of going into this next season trying to win a cup again. And to me, it just rings so similarly to what Ottawa went through in miscommunication between the organization and its key players. So if there's any sort of divide there, you got to think that they've either got to switch gears and try to contend or the players might want to go elsewhere where they can try to use the last bit of their prime to win a cup again. Again, though, in this like capped out no money world i think they're going to be just kind of stuck there like in a weird dysfunctional marriage that's bound for divorce so here's a question odds that they actually trade taze and arcane i think it's still low at this point i don't see any move coming where some team mortgages their future for an aging taze or kane definitely not an aging keith or seabrook not even buffalo Maybe. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if it does happen now with this uh, discontent that they're feeling. So, I actually saw on Instagram a while, uh, a couple days ago that there was apparently, and this isn't a very valu- uh, reliable source, so that's why I didn't send it to anybody, but it's worth kind of bringing up now. Apparently, there was a deal that involved Kane going to Florida. Ew. I can't remember what the return was. 
Uh, but it, again, it wasn't like there was no real insider uh, uh, source to it. It was just like an Instagram page. So I don't know how legit that is. But all honesty, I thought like the reason I brought up Buffalo is just because everybody was talking about Risto being traded last year, and he's young enough where it could help Chicago's decor now. If you could build a trade around Risto, maybe a prospect or a pick like middle stat and another pick on top of that and more for Kane. And he's a Buffalo boy, so like he's a Buffalo boy. Bring him home, and Eichel gets his number one winger. You know, that's yeah. I just don't think anything idea. can happen until people have revenue. Not with the ten point five yeah. million dollar contract, but certainly something to keep an eye on. I we weren't going to do trivia, but I'm really hoping these last couple of minutes um, uh, pay dividends with someone potentially signing. So let's get to the staple of the podcast: the trivia. And like I mentioned, guys, I didn't have a trivia prepared. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for the first time, we're not going to do a hockey trivia. I pulled up um, random geography trivia. So I have a trivia what? question if you want. No, I'm going to do this. Okay. <laughs> hey, Paul. Yeah. Which country covers the most time zones? And, and it's well, sorry, which country and its territories cover the most time zones? Wait. So it's geography, but it's not even hockey related. No, not at all. I told you it's not hockey related. Canada. No, Paul. Yeah, it's Paul's question. I don't know geography. Come on, quick, Paul. <laughs> uh, Switzerland. They're always neutral and everything. Well, that's not how time zones work. But I appreciate the. <laughs> I appreciate. The I don't know. <laughs> it was actually France. So Paul, you do not get a point. Good job. I'm making this up as well. What? Aaron, how many school districts does Hawaii have? Yugoslavia. Is that your final answer? Seventeen. The answer is one. You don't get. You don't get a. Damn. You don't get anything either. I don't like this trivia. I, me neither. <laughs> I'm not even good at the hockey ones. Uh, let's Watch see. Keith still get it right. Well, all these are easy. Of course, they're easy for Keith. Uh, Keith, in 1997, Zare renamed to the to what country? Zaire. Yeah. Oh crap! Oh, I knew this one. I don't think crap's the answer. <laughs> you know what? Um. Yeah, I'm blanking. It's not the only thing that's coming to mind is um, Myanmar and Borneo. I don't have an answer. The Democratic Republic of the Congo. Damn it! All right, um, that was great. Whoever gets this one right first, I guess, will be the the winner. Um, so just it that. <laughs> I'm just trying to stall so that something happens. But someone also needs to be the winner today. So guys. Kuala Lumpur is the capital of what country? Thailand. No, to no. Keep on yelling until someone gets it right. <laughs> no one knows. Yugoslavia. No. You can just keep on taking stabs. Kazakhstan. We're not Philippines? leaving until someone gets it. Russia. Canada. Morocco. I've heard everyone thus far, including you, Keith. Uh, Malaysia. Keith wins! Yay! Wow. Even when yeah, it's not hockey, Keith's still the best. All right, that's all the time, literally, that we have for you today. I'm sorry, nothing broke. I hope you guys had a good time. I'm sure we didn't. Catch us on weeks. <laughs> we don't know anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we got two episodes left. Uh, stick along with us until the end of season one. We're going to be back with season two. Thanks so much. Au revoir. Be sure to check us out at getofftheice.com. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at getofftheice.